0: Judge Janine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Janine Piro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. Now, here's Judge Janine Piro. Welcome everyone to the Judge Janine
1: Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everyone's enjoying their day. I tell you folks, it's the last weekend of the summer, and I am not happy. I want the summer to keep going on. But uh, it is what it is, and it is a beautiful day in New York City today. It's absolutely gorgeous. Skies are blue. It's in the 80s. It's going to stay in the 80s. I like it when the weather is really, really hot. I hate it when it gets cold. But uh, I live here in New York, so uh, I guess the silver lining is I get to see the four seasons. We all do. but today. As always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, You know, so much has happened this week in America. Uh, This week, uh, we saw Ron DeSantis in Florida doing what he does best, and that is uh, dealing with the emergencies of the hurricanes and the flooding in Florida. He's a guy who gets in there, gets it done There's a mess. If there's a disaster, if a bridge is down, he gets it back up and moving in no time. You've got to give him kudos for that. Also in America this week, the last week of summer, uh, we've got Joe Biden saying that, you know what, it is uh, it's all about climate change. That's why we're having all these hurricanes. The fact is, folks, that the first hurricane was recorded in the 1400s. I'm pretty sure back then there wasn't fossil fuel polluting the sky like there is now. Uh, And the truth is, he keeps talking about climate change in Maui when he went there and mumbled his way through. But the bottom line is there was poor management of the brush and debris. Uh, The leftists out there were trying to move to green energy too quickly without filling up the reservoir with water. Uh, they didn't have a plan to shut down the electricity. So when the down power lines were down and they hit a branch, the fires started going again. It was almost as though the Keystone cops were running that area in Maui. And it's a very sad commentary. And I don't mean to joke because many people, many, many people have lost their lives, some that they may never be able to identify because of the total destruction uh, that the burning created and uh you know the 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 truth is that hurricanes strike in hurricane seasons and hot weather strikes in hot weather season uh and joe biden wants to blame everything on climate change so that he can then fund more money to the leftist liberals to uh make sure that we get green energy whatever that means as we lose jobs and the energy independence that we had when we had fossil fuels, and we were able to function uh, independently without being on our knees to Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and other countries. Uh, Biden says, by the way, that his house almost collapsed when he went to Maui. Uh, first, he said it was a small fire in the kitchen, and, but he almost lost his car and his cat. The second time he talked about it, he says he almost lost his house. That's a lie, folks. It's an absolute lie. The, the, the fire was put out in minutes, minutes. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the president, of course, you can't blame him for trying to talk about other things. We now find out that there are 5,400, 5,400 emails where he used a pseudonym, a different name, and sent those emails to his son, Hunter. So he had a staffer. And he had information regarding uh, business at the White House uh, who would send the emails to Hunter. So for any of you who are still saying, oh, he wasn't involved, his son, you know, just had a problem and he loves his son. No, he loves money. Because when he was vice president, he sent 5,400 emails to Hunter from the White House on issues that involve substantive White House issues. So if it was no big deal, folks, why didn't he use his real name? And if it was no big deal, why did he have his staffer uh, uh, do it as opposed to, you know, just mentioning things to his son because of all the attachments that went with it? So today we're going to be talking a lot about what's going on in America today. I'm going to be speaking with a political strategist and former U.S. House Chief of Staff and U.S. Senate spokesperson, Garrett Ventry, about the state of the presidential race. Donald Trump is scheduled to go to trial one day before Super Tuesday as the left does everything in their power to keep him down. And I will also be joined by the founder and managing principal of Methuselah Advisors, a New York City-based investment bank, John Chachas. Uh, And he's going to be talking about San Francisco and what is going on out there with respect to not just crime, but with respect to the fact that in San Francisco, uh, businesses are moving out because of the homelessness and the crime so uh stay with us everyone it's all coming up in just a few moments here on the judge janine tunnel to towers foundation show and never forget that's the commitment we made on 9-11 honor it by donating 11 dollars a month to the tunnel to towers foundation at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org up next here on the judge janine tunnel to towers foundation show I will be speaking with the founder and managing principal of Methuselah Advisors, a New York City-based investment bank, John Chachas. Coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network.
2: It's
0: the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine piero Show. Now, here's Judge Janine piero
1: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is the founder of GRV Strategies and former U.S. House Chief of Staff and U.S. Senate spokesperson. Please join me in welcoming Garrett Ventry back to the show. Garrett, thanks so much for being with us on this Labor Day weekend. And, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know where they got the idea of Labor Day, but it really is Labor Day weekend. It is well, well named because it's almost like. You were on vacation for this summer, although we really weren't, but someone was. So they came up with the idea of this being Labor Day weekend. What are your thoughts on this weekend as we go into the fall?
3: Well, Judge, it's great to be with you. And, yeah, I mean, everybody in New York City is always uh, constantly, quote, unquote, working from somewhere else during uh, this period. I mean, as we go into Labor Day, I mean, I think we should just start calling it Joe Biden month because he's on vacation all the time, right? <laughs> he's on vacation. He's on vacation when there is, you know wildfires in maui he's on vacation when there's uh, our allies are being invaded he's on vacation when mortgage rates are surging to record highs he's on mortgage you know he's on vacation uh, really when anything matters he's on vacation right now i mean it's an extension uh he is the vacationing president i mean I well guess they like- say
1: garrett fentry that 40 percent of his time has been on vacation uh, and, you know, the truth is he calls a lid on everything. Uh, some mornings at 10 o'clock, most mornings he doesn't he doesn't go out before 10 o'clock. And, you know, I want you to listen to this sound of uh, Corrie Jean Pierre in response to the uh, the press corps saying, you know, the Joe Biden seems to be slowing down. Take a listen to this. Now, I'm jumping now, uh, Matt, what I'm going to need is Kareem Jean-Pierre in a press conference this week said that it's go, go, go. They can't keep up with the president. It is hard for us to keep up with this president uh, who is constantly, constantly working every day to get things done and making sure that we are delivering for the American people. All right, Garrett. So she says it's go, 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 and they can't keep up with them. You know, when I was a judge, Garrett Ventry, I would instruct a jury that if you feel that someone has lied to you about one thing, you were free to disregard his entire testimony. I apply that rule to Corinne Jean-Pierre. Everybody knows he's not go, 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 and everybody knows he's not working constantly. I mean, most mornings, uh, no one has seen him before 10, and then they they, they end up when he goes out on international uh, events. He doesn't go to the dinners because he's too tired to go to the dinners with the other world leaders. But, you know, sometimes I think I'm beating my head against the drum because – you know, people on the left just say, hey, Joe, he's you know, he's our guy. He can beat Trump. And that's all it's about. They hate Trump more than they love the country.
3: No, that's absolutely right. And I mean, no one believes that people are struggling to keep up, keep up with Joe Biden. I mean, a retired person who golfs two hours a day is working harder than he is. And then, <laughs> you know, in terms of the Trump stuff, I mean, that's absolutely what it's right. I mean, you've also pointed this out, Judge, on the five multiple times in terms of his just, you know, his a lot of voters in, in an NBC poll, 43 percent of Democrat voters are very concerned about Joe Biden's age and his ability to do the job. And then Fox News polling, you know, you guys have had polling out that show 55 percent of Dems don't want him to run again. But they know they're stuck with him. Right. Gavin yep. Newsom hasn't jumped in the race. RFK Jr. OK, I'm going to stop the you there.
1: Garrett. Garrett, why has Gavin, Gavin Newsom not jumped in yet? I mean, is it so, so clear that Joe's got a hold on this, that even somebody as vibrant as as Gavin Newsom is going to stand in the wings?
3: Yeah, and you and I have talked about this. I mean, his interview with Hannity, I thought he did a, did a, did a great job. Yeah. Uh, he lied a lot, but I mean, he's very, he's a very convincing liar. And well, so, I got to uh, tell you,
1: I gave him credit for saying, yeah, some of the homelessness in California yeah. is his fault. And uh, to that extent, he'd be to- a
3: tough candidate. He'd be yep. a tough candidate. I think Dems know that. I think the entire Dem apparatus is in the tank for Joe Biden. Right. So that's really what it is. You have the donor class, the delegate class. It's rigged for Joe Biden. And so I think Newsom knows that. Um, you know, the whole point is about beating Donald Trump. And so they're just going to do the basement strategy again and hope that the indictments take care of Trump. And they're scared to run against Donald Trump. You know this. I mean, they can't really run on anything Joe Biden's done the last few years. Poll after poll shows that vast majority of Americans think the country's heading in the wrong direction. Just look at people's bank accounts, their 401ks, credit card debt. Just from a financial standpoint, that's not even getting to the hundreds of other issues that Joe Biden has messed up for the American people. And so they know that, and they fear that Donald Trump is a wrecking ball to the establishment. You saw it very closely for four years as well. Uh, He had a red-hot economy. Uh, He did a great job uh, on border security. He did a great job in terms of law and order. He did a great job with just peace through strength. There was no new wars, and we were not, uh, you know, the world wasn't on fire. And so he did an overall very good job. And so, yeah, they'll put anyone forward at this point because they just hate Donald Trump so much, and Joe Biden's their only choice right now.
1: Well, but the, you know the White House in making these ridiculous excuses for biden 's advanced age after seventy seven percent of Americans say he 's too old to be effective you know and it it 's not really the age I mean uh, we talked right. about this. Right. Uh, in fact, you know, but you, you, you look at somebody like Mick Jagger, I mean, that guy will get on a stage. Right. Someone mentioned this the other day. So he'll get on a stage for two hours, dance his heart out and then do it again the next night and is quick and sharp as it as attack. But, you know, Joe Biden has had a couple of, I think, brain aneurysms. He's had some brain surgeries, So he's had some health issues that I think contribute to what what Americans uh, see as as some kind of. You know, deficiency, cognitive deficiency. But let let's move on. So you've got you've got RFK there. RFK is uh, you know someone that I think is a person. Uh, I worked with him when he ran the environmental program in Westchester, and I was the DA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this guy, they won't even give him a second look at, because their 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 uh, adherence to Joe Biden is so strong. They're calling him every name in the book, the Democrats. I mean, it's, it's hate. If you're not for Joe Biden, you're no good.
3: No, it's 100 percent. it. again, it is a entire rigged system for Joe Biden. Right. The delegates, the donors, the entire process, uh, his team is, is rigged it for him. And they're stuck with a very, you know, if this is the Kentucky Derby. They're stuck with a very, very weak horse here. But mm-hmm. they know this is what they have to do here, and they're hoping they can just hide him for the next few years and, again, that the indictments take care of themselves. And the funniest thing is RFK Jr., he's you know, made some splashes, that's for sure, and he just looks younger. He's doing all these push-up contests. He's on the campaign trail. He's doing hostile media. So he's certainly not afraid to try and get his message out here. I find one of the interesting things, too, here is that Donald Trump in a crowded field with very talented challengers, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, uh, Chris Christie. Uh, Donald Trump is, you know, winning 50, 60, sometimes even 70 percent of the vote in this primary. And Joe Biden, with only two challengers, Marianne Williamson, who's a complete lunatic and, uh, you know, RFK Jr., who's not been able to get extreme amount of traction. Donald Trump sometimes is winning by a larger margin in a much talented, much more talented in a uh, more broad field than Joe Biden is. So it just what, shows how weak Joe Biden is going into 2024, in my opinion. Uh,
1: well, then why do they keep saying that Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump?
3: Well, I think they're saying that because, you know, this is like, that's the party line they have to say. Do but they the believe doesn't really it? show that. I, I think they have to say it. I think they believe – the reason I think they believe that is because I think they believe they could put him in jail, right? And so if yeah. you – uh, you know, you indict your opponent four times, you arrest him four times. It's you try awful. and make him, you know, go to court in the middle of a campaign trail. The trial, the first trial starts on March 5th, right? What's March right. 6th? Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. I mean, that's when you're, you know, a ton of these states are going to be voting for the Republican nominee. So Democrats know exactly what they're doing here. They timed this out perfectly. They had two and a half years to charge Donald Trump. They waited till he was a declared candidate for president, surging mm-hmm. in the polls, not only in the Republican primary, But post indictment and post-GOP debate, just a few, just essentially a week, week and a half ago, Donald Trump is winning in a number of polls against Joe Biden. New York Post has him up 46-44, and a Democrat firm uh, came out with a poll that has him beating Joe Biden 45-44, and that's a Democrat poll. Yeah, that was this week, yeah.
1: That's 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 good. That's a game changer. Meanwhile, uh, Garrett Ventry, I mean, you've been in politics a long time. Uh, What's your take on Kamala other than her mental acuity? We can just let that one pass. Uh, What what does she do in the meantime?
3: (laughs) I mean, she is the one person in Washington who can make Joe Biden look like Arnold Schwarzenegger with JFK. And
1: Einstein.
3: Grossly (laughs) incompetent. Yeah, exactly. She is so incompetent. She can't put two sentences together. Uh, she's she's a robot that they program that doesn't work that you would, you know, yeah. it's just everything she does and everything she touches is a mess anytime she gets involved. And so, you know, her approval rating is abysmal. Uh, right. They just plucked but, her but in there. But who's put her, her there
1: constituency, and- Garrett Ventry? Who's her constituency? And are they going to have a fit if, you know, if Joe gets bumped and Gavin Newsom comes out? I mean, is is she going to say, no, I'm next in line? How does that work?
3: No, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloodbath, right? Because you're going to have the Democratic constituency that certainly feels the need to put her there. And, uh, you know, that's going to be tough. If, if some again, if something happens to Joe Biden, uh, you're going to have Kamala be obviously the front runner there just simply because she's VP. But I don't think I think you'd see Amy Klobuchar. I think you'd see Pete Buttigieg, I'd see Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders and Gavin Newsom. I think you'd see all these people jump in because she's been. A bigger disaster than Joe Biden. She's, you know, supposedly supposed to handle the border for the oh, Biden administration. That's been out of control, as you've seen. With you know, I think it's been five million people have crossed since Joe Biden's been president here. Everything she touches uh, essentially becomes a disaster and a scandal for the Biden administration. And so, even Democrat operatives know that. I think her constituency is simply probably just the second gentleman at this point. And I don't even think he, with a gun to his head, I don't know if you would even say she's doing a good job.
1: But I, I got to tell you, apparently there are people who think that Kamala is the next in line and she's got to, you know, she is, entitled. I think that's right. It's
3: really insane. She's but waited yeah, I
1: her turn.
3: I, <laughs> I, I yeah, you got, yeah, it's really wild.
1: It is wild. And, and, and one last, one last question. I mean, uh-huh. with, with the, um, the Maui fires, and now with the hurricanes, and with Palestine, Ohio, uh, and Joe Biden, you know, blowing it in Maui, uh, and then uh, Palestine, Ohio, never even showed up. Said, "I'll I'll be right. going there," but of course, he hasn't. Um, right. th- this green agenda that they keep pushing. Do you think that their effort to move this green agenda is somehow impacting the present uh, fossil fuel industry or or propelled? uh, I don't know how to say this so that, that they are not focusing on what's going on and how to help people now. They're so busy kind of latching on to the next green energy situation.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing is the people who push green energy are in gas guzzling suburbans and are flying private. Right. Yeah. Um, John Kerry, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these people, uh, Al Gore, uh, they fly private more you know, than anybody. And you know, so it's just the funniest hypocrisy there. I think they also use this as a scapegoat to not handle the actual issues. Right. East Palestine, like you said, Joe, Joe Biden didn't show up. Donald Trump even showed up there. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and he's still in up there. He had to be bullied to leave his vacation to show up to Maui showed up for a few hours and then compared it to his kitchen catching on fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And where he almost lost his cat almost.
3: (laughs) Yeah. He almost lost the Corvette where all the classified documents were and Hunter Biden was driving around with his cocaine. So, you know, this is, uh, I think it's a hundred percent. Just what they're trying to do here is cover up for their failures and handle any crisis here. And they've been telling us for the last, you know, 20 years here, 30 years that, you know, the world's going to end by X amount of date and it never
1: ends. And everything seems to be fine. Yeah. And it's amazing that AOC, who predicted it so many years ago, she seems to be relatively quiet. Uh, She is she's kind of keeping everything close to the close to the chest here because or close to the vest, because she said, well, given the given the people in, she supports Joe. It was a very qualified support. What, What do you think she's thinking
3: I mean, I think that uh, I think she can't like what Joe Biden's doing here with a lot of this stuff, especially when he's caved on debt ceiling and things like that to Republicans. And he's not really I mean, he's implemented some of the things she's wanted. uh, Right. When you see like some of the infrastructure acts. I mean, Joe Biden promised to govern as a moderate. Right. But he has governed like a very, very far left liberal, Mm -hmm. more liberal than really any president we've ever seen here. And so AOC has got to be pleased that She's got, you know, she probably has her stamp of approval on a lot of what Joe Biden's done. But again, you know, most Americans in very large margins disapprove of the direction of the country and they disapprove of all of his major policies. They even disapprove his best rating in a recent poll uh, has him at negative eight on handling climate change. So he's even negative. For his best thing to handle, which is climate change. So and you know, the amazing
1: is, part of it is he is indebting us, uh, you know, for generations uh, because of this green energy, the so called Inflation Reduction Act, which was not, uh, nothing more than a green energy giveaway.
3: Right, I and mean, essentially fueled inflation for us, which is the worst part about is it because the massive a great spending thing. bill.
1: And, you know, he's even talking now, and and I'll just say this quickly, he's talking about getting more money for a COVID vaccine. What does that tell you? Are we coming up to an election? Is it wintertime? Is it time to mask up? That's the nightmare that we're all facing. Anyway, Garrett Ventry, we'll get to that another time. Thanks so much for joining us on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Take care. Thanks, Judge. All right. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org.
0: This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Piro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Piro.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a radio talk show host and the founder and managing principal of Methuselah Advisors. Please join me in welcoming John Chachas to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, uh, everybody, I want to tell you a little bit about John. You may have heard of a very, very famous store called Gump's. Everybody's heard of Gump's. Uh, it is a spectacular store uh, that it, it was, and we'll find out now uh, if it still is, in San Francisco. And my next guest is uniquely qualified to talk about Gump's. Welcome, John Chachas, and tell us why you are uniquely qualified to talk about Gump's.
2: Thanks for having me. Well, I, I guess I'm uniquely qualified. I began investing in the company in 2006. Uh, we invested as a family with some other um, private investors over a period of years. They invested quite a lot of money. I sat on the board in 2019. Um, that group of financial investors had some problems. The company went into a bankruptcy and my family bought the rest of the company. So, we own 100% of the company and have been operating it since 2019 to today. And it's been sort of the labor of love. As I say to people, I, I adore the brand and adore the company. And so that's what we've been doing.
1: Well, I got to tell you, John, you obviously are a fighter. You're someone who's willing to take on huge issues. Um, look, let, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, we're not going to talk politics, okay? Uh, I just want you to talk to my listeners about what you think needs to be done In order for not just San Francisco, but in order for people like you and you're at a very high level, uh, to survive in terms of business in California,
2: well, I think I think the question is actually in in a way beyond California, but we can talk about California first. Um, Business centers in cities don't do well when people aren't in their chairs. Let's just start (laughs) with that. I mean, you know, it's very basic. You could be a rhesus monkey and understand this concept if you don't have people in their chairs. They don't go to lunch. They don't go to dinner. They don't go to a performance. They don't buy things. And over time, cities die. And we have now, well, you know, we're two years away from the end of this pandemic uh, fear mongering that happened. And yet we still have federal employees, state employees and municipal employees. And we're going to get to the private sector in a second. But the concept that all of those employees have been told by their employer, oh, it's OK, stay at home a couple of days a week. It's lunacy. It's utter lunacy. And we as taxpayers, who pay all this money to the general accounting office, this is the part that kills me, that leases up space everywhere. The buildings in centers of cities that are most underoccupied are the federal office buildings, state office buildings, and municipal office buildings. And yet we the taxpayers are paying for all the real estate and no one's and their employers are telling them, Don't go into your office. <laughs>
1: You know, I got to tell you, John, that is stunning to me. You know, even the people um, on Zoom were reluctant to come back. You know, they they, they the employees didn't want to come back. But when you talk about government employees, state, federal, and municipal not coming back, we're paying the taxes, um, there is no excuse for this. There is no excuse. But what's happening now, John, and I don't want to jump the main uh, issue that we're, that you're here to talk about, is now there are rumors. We've got 100 colleges right now saying you're going to have to mask up. We've got uh, – Pre- Biden just announced that he's going to be asking Congress for more money for COVID. There's another booster shot coming out. You know, there. There is someone who sits to the left of me on the five and a great person. He's had all the vaccines and all the boosters and he's had COVID three times. I mean, sure. how long are we going to beat that one to death while we destroy our economy?
2: It's, it's Well, look, we should uh, a colleague of mine, a very esteemed fellow named Tom Corlogus, and I, we wrote a piece in The Wall Street Journal eight weeks ago that this country needs a bipartisan review of what happened in COVID. We don't need to look at Sweden or Europe. We have 50 states. Each state has its own health department. There are mountains of data. How many people were hospitalized? How many people died? How many days of school were missed? How many businesses have died? We can actually get President Bush and President Clinton together, two people from each side of the political aisle, to do a review and come back and tell us, what did we learn? which states did well, which states did badly. But, but but setting that aside for a second, since we don't have a crisis at the moment, let's not manufacture one. Mm-hmm. Let's just start from the principle that businesses have to have people around them in order to survive. And in San Francisco, our door counts are down, and the void has been filled with homelessness and crime and problems. And I start from the perspective of all of these cities, and I'm, you know, I'm in New York today because I have a business in New York, walk Madison Avenue from 59th Street to 96th Street. In the 40 years I've been around New York, I've never seen Madison Avenue have two empty storefronts fronts on yes. both sides of Madison Avenue. Yes. It's astonishing. It is. So people need to be back in cities. And, this, and, the, and since government is the organ of success for society, the starting place ought to be federal government, state governments, and municipal governments should be telling their, their employees, back to your job, back to your desk. And you then know, secondarily- it, it, Sorry, sorry, Janine. One last one. Secondarily, government should be instituting tax policy to induce businesses in their policy handbooks to require people back to their offices five days a week. Give them a tax cut. Exactly.
1: Exactly. There's got to be. Unfortunately, there has to be some kind of a carrot. But here's the issue. Let's assume that people are mandated to go back to work as if, you know, to me, what the pandemic did was it was an opportunity to turn us into a third world country. But let's assume that everybody goes back to work. We still have a problem. And that is in New York City whether it's a subway or, you know, I'm in Midtown Manhattan every day. I'm, you know, on on six between 47 and 48. I don't even walk to Saks, which is two blocks away, 50th and 5th, because I don't know what's going to happen. Crime is the the issue that I think determines whether or not people will come back to work because they're all going to say, Number 1 I like to work from home I'm lazy I want to work from home I can do the same job remotely we know they can't stats make that but studies make that very clear but then how do we convince people when crime is rampant that it's safe to go back to work it may be well, safe you're
2: we have, to, we have to address both. The, the, both are the pillars of our problem in San Francisco. We wake up every day and have to wash the front of our store from homeless people that are urinating or defecating and, you know, behaving in a way that's just uncivil. So you're right. There are absolutely uh, a multitude of problems. It's not enough just to say you've got to get back to your desk. You have to make the place cleaner and livable. And leaders in these cities, in New York, are going to have to come to grips with some of the decisions that he's going to have to make to enforce civil conduct. San Francisco, same way. Mayor Breed, second highest paid mayor in, in, in the country, she ought to resign based on the, on the condition of San Francisco. I've said it publicly, I'll say it again now. Wow. And quite frankly, the governor of California, you know, sits on his haunches watching this happen in his cities. Mm-hmm. And what, what ought to be happening is, you know, strict enforcement of civil conduct. And if you're not going to enforce it and the district attorneys aren't going to actually press charges, well, then the police don't even bother to pick anybody up. He asked the policeman, he says, why should I why should I pick someone up? We're going to we're going to take them to the to the station and they're going to be turned out and back on the street. And it's Like, what's the what's the point? So you yeah. have both problems.
1: Yeah. You well, problems. you know, we've got these. They call, it has its own name now, organized retail theft, all these gangs. And uh, especially in California, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen it. And yet this whole concept of uh, cashless bail Uh, is one where, you know, they say it's, we want social justice. I, I still, I mean, I've been a prosecutor, a judge and a DA. I still don't know what social justice is. Nobody's defined it for me, but here's the thing. When you've got a group that is continuously going in and smashing and grabbing, then they don't get cashless bail. And these individuals we know are repeat offenders, How difficult, John Chachas, would it be for Gavin Newsom to go to the legislature and say, hey, look, I'm not going to touch cashless bail, but I'm going to tell you this. When we've got organized retail crime where someone keeps reoffending and then it costs, you know, all of Americans, their insurance goes up, the price of goods go up, the price of security goes up. You spend more money just cleaning the place up. You know, we've got to stop this particular group. Just say if you've been arrested on two retail theft crimes, you get no bail. How tough is that, John?
2: Lunacy. It's just lunacy.
1: Well, they're not going to do it. And that is that is the breaking point. The anarchy and the chaos is a disaster. But look, you are someone who is smart, articulate. You've got skin in the game. What are you doing about the politics of it? And I'm not saying Democrat or that's not what I want. I mean, are are you backing people saying you've got to get back to the basics? How do you handle it?
2: Yeah, You know, I, I have to say, I look at uh, that debate the other night with the eight Republican candidates right, on the right, dais. Right. I'm waiting for one of them to open their mouths and say, as the chief executive of the country, I'm going to require my secretaries of all of my executive branch departments, people are back in their offices five days a week. Yeah. No well, one know. has said it yet. Okay. No one, not a single candidate. You know why? Because they're fearful. Yeah, they're there are fearful. more people who are
1: out than people like you and me who want them in.
2: Right. No, and it's, And it's become this political football to avoid facing some basic realities of what it's like to have functioning cities. Cities will not function unless people are working in their offices. We haven't even seen, we haven't even talked about the financial ramifications of all this. If it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen, wait till all these real estate leases roll off. And the next time that the landlord tries to lease up his building, I mean, it'll be, it'll be an Armageddon in terms of the value of commercial real estate. And the banking system is going to face increasing needs to file reserves to protect themselves against those kinds of devaluations So it's very basic. I mean, it's just so fundamental to what the the way we functioned. So as a political matter, I'm not backing anybody who isn't, you know, who isn't vocally about the idea of getting the country back to how it functioned before. This is not functioning. This is a fantasy.
1: But but you know what? What you speak to, John, is 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 a merit based system right now in the schools. We've got schools that are going off of grading. Uh, they think the grading is elitist and the grading is, you know, a white supremacy. And and I don't want to get into the racism thing, but there it's it seems that every institution that has made America great has been knocked down to its knees so that, the you know, no, it's not a meritocracy anymore. It's a move towards socialism. Fifty percent of kids in college think socialism is a good thing. I mean, this is a meant a state of mind. That is being imposed on every aspect of our government and the government is being taken down. And unfortunately, you're talking about old fashioned, you know, go to school, be smart, compete, you know, and succeed. That's not going to happen yeah. anymore.
2: Well, I, I'm not as cynical as that, I guess. I, I, I'm still I hope hopeful that the, <laughs> that the average person out in the country wants their kids to go to school, get a degree, get an education. Maybe they don't have to go to a fancy college. Maybe they have trade skills. And have a workable and successful life and earn their own success. I mean, that's what life is about. But somehow, these kinds of policy questions of can you run a business? You can't run a business in San Francisco if people are afraid to come into the city and walk into your store. I have customer data that goes back 60 years. We call our customers and say, oh, we haven't seen you, Mrs. Jones. Are you coming this year? And what we hear from them is love your store, love the product, I don't want to come as long as the city is dirty and inaccessible. And I think it can be fixed. I really think it can be fixed. It won't be fixed if the same politicians keep doing the same thing that they're doing today. It It can be fixed. fixed.
1: I agree with you. Now, uh, one last question, because I know you're very busy, John. I thank you so much for joining us on the Tunnel to Towers show. Uh, What about Gumps? What happens next?
2: Well. We're going to hope that we can stay there. We want to stay there. We're examining other physical locations in the country. We sell in all 50 states. We have devoted customers in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of taking a business that's been someplace for 165 years and moving it. But if we get to the end of the year and we have the continuation of you know these social ills and nobody back in their office in San Francisco, we'll likely look for a new physical location. We've already moved our direct-to-consumer and our warehouse fulfillment system to Salt Lake City. I can oh. tell you, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has some homeless, but we don't have any kind of the problems in Salt Lake City that exist in San Francisco because they don't tolerate it, right? It, you know? so it's very, it's very straightforward. It's just that people want to hide in the shadows around these issues. And Gumps will be here long after I'm gone. I, 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 I hasten to say, um, it may not be sitting in downtown San Francisco anymore, but that's mm-hmm. a commentary about San Francisco, not about Gumps.
1: That's right. That's right. Gumps is uh, it's one of the most. Uh you know, storied uh, department stores in the country. And John Chachas, I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us today and the Jochenene Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Uh, please keep up the fight and uh, let us know how it goes. Uh, we you, are for, we're, we're very thanks supportive.
2: Right. And uh, and I hope people will go to www.gums.com and find something beautiful for their loved one. We have the most beautiful jewelry and Christmas ideas that you could ever find. So thanks I'm again. I'm going to do me. it.
1: D- say it look. again, www.gumps.com?
2: Yep, very simple. Got one See, word, gumps.com.
1: Got a free Gump. commercial right here on WABC. All right, John, thanks so much. Take care. All right. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument, but never forget that's the commitment we made on 9 11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at t2t.org. That's t2t.org. This is the Judge Janine Show.
0: <laughs> this is the Judge Janine Show. Is the Janine Puro show now? Here's Judge Janine Puro.
1: Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. I am so impressed with our last guest, John Chachas. I mean, here's a guy who is just not giving up. I mean, one of the one of the most uh, well-known department stores in the country for over a hundred years, Gumps. He's got to shut it down in San Francisco. Why? There's no good reason. It's because our politicians are not doing the job. It's because police are not allowed to do their job. It's because woke progressive prosecutors will not do their job. And as he said, it's because people in federal, state, and municipal buildings are not even going to their job. This stuff is not difficult, and John Chachas made it very clear. I've said this for years. It's very simple. If you violate the law, you get arrested, you get prosecuted, and if convicted, you can go to jail. We've given that up. We don't do it anymore. We don't make people accountable anymore. We just let live and let live. But the problem is good people are scared. Bad people are emboldened by these kinds of policies. They decide that they don't have to work, that they can simply do whatever it is they want to do to make sure that they get what they want, and that includes looting and cheating and stealing. Well, I can't believe we're out of time already, but if you want to read a good book, get a copy of my book, Crimes Against America. You can get it on Amazon or judgejbook.com. It's about the left's takedown of our republic. It's not difficult, folks. We need people who've got a spine. Anyway, make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Have a great day, everyone, and enjoy the last week of the summer. Bye.
0: This is the Judge Janine Show.